She's got four beautiful women. They're all looking at you. Oh, I don't think so. They're looking okay. at Pine Leaf. Pine Leaf has four wives. Hey, welcome back, friends. Thank you for listening to the Presquential Podcast. This is season five, episode five. And we are Ryan, Russ, and Blaine. Wait, I did that wrong. You didn't see it, but I pointed to the wrong people when I said it doesn't matter. You didn't have to say that. Yeah. No one would have known. I know. Who would have known? No, everyone. No one has everyone to know. knows. Sorry, Mom. <laughs> and uh, we're no longer talking about presidents, but we are talking about really fun stories throughout history, American and otherwise. And uh, neither of us, the other two, have not heard the other one's story for this episode. So uh, you are listening with us to the story for the first time. And Blaine requested that he goes first tonight. And Not we, for any particular reason. I just haven't yet. Oh, okay. Also, good news. Uh, podcast uh, guest Stingray uh, had a really great finish to the season today in Laguna Seca. Yeah. Where's uh, Laguna Seca? Where is that? Monterey. It's Northern California. Monticello? Yeah, Northern California. Montecito? Is it, is it Monterey? I mean, Monterey, California. Yeah, sure. that's a thing. Yeah. yeah. That's a that's race called Laguna Seca. Uh, finished 12th today. Great finish. Super exciting day. Stingray Rob. Way, yeah. way, to, way to kick off, uh, not kick off, the opposite of kick off. Kick in. Kick down. Kick down. Kick down. Finish your season. Pumped. Good job. <laughs> We're proud of you. Proud of you, Stingray uh, Rob. As are all the beavers. Give him a follow. Oh, yeah. He was the uh, first two episodes of yeah. season five, right? Yeah. yeah. Operation. He had the beaver story, uh-huh. the Operation the Beaver Drop. I, uh, <laughs> I, I signed my very first presidential T-shirt this past week. This listener's name is uh, is Brian, and he was on Indie Now, the show that I host. He came on, and he was like, hey, big fan of the podcast. So I was like, wow, okay. Pulls out the Jefferson on a Mastodon shirt. And he was like, I promise I, uh, I'm not that big of a fangirl, but can you sign the shirt? And I was like, that's a fangirl move <laughs> there, Brian. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. But he did say that the uh, podcast really gave him a lot of positivity and good laughter that was much needed during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. That's okay. cool. Because yeah. you met a fan, too. I did. I met a fan at a baseball game that my child was playing. How did he know it was you? <laughs> I'd introduced myself earlier on in the day that's as cute. Russ, and then my son runs out onto the field and has Slivka on his on jersey, and he put yeah. two and two together. Yeah. yeah. Um, what does Slivka mean in the old country? It means little plum. Yeah. there's <laughs> a we, I think we've talked about this. There's, sure, like, a, there's like a plum yeah. liqueur. Yeah. Slivovitz. Plum brandy. So little. January 6, 1995, <laughs> MacArthur Wheeler and Clifton. I love the segue. Just playing his dad opera. Right, right to in. January 6th. Yeah. Jan- January 6th, 1995. Oh, man. Okay. MacArthur Wheeler and Clifton Earl Johnson robbed two banks in Greater Pittsburgh at gunpoint. Okay. At 247, they first robbed the Swissvale branch of Mellon Bank. Um, and one of them actually struck the teller with his handgun. Oh, my. They oh. left with $5,200, which is the equivalent of $9,987 now because okay. of inflation, which is hmm. bananas. It's yeah. almost double. It's almost double. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other one was at Fidelity Savings Bank in Brighton Heights. Good. Okay. Neither robber wore a mask oh. to these robberies because they... Uh, applied lemon juice to their faces because according to Wheeler, which is MacArthur Wheeler, Johnson had told him that lemon juice would make him invisible to a security camera. (laughs) (laughs) 
What year is this? 1995. Oh, man. That's great. I can picture these guys. He's like, well, I read it on this thing called the internet. What's the internet? Wheeler was originally skeptical. So he tested the theory by applying lemon juice to his face and, and taking his... a picture of himself in a Polaroid. <laughs> and he didn't show up in the Polaroid. So he thought lemon juice makes you invisible. That's okay. so weird. Here's my question. Was he pointing the Polaroid camera at himself or just like straight out? And then he's like, oh, I'm not even in this I'm picture. I'm not in it. Or did he Detectives later exist? believed his, his absence his in the eyes? image was caused either by bad film, a, mal- a maladjusted camera, or Wheeler <laughs> unintentionally pointing the camera away from his face. <laughs> Gosh, that's funny. What's Wheeler? What's his first name? It was a really good name. MacArthur. MacArthur Wheeler. MacArthur Wheeler. <laughs> that's pretty good. So Johnson, Johnson got arrested on January 12th. Uh, and then a broadcast, Crime Stoppers. Do you remember Crime Stoppers? Sure. Yeah. Came out showing a picture of, of MacArthur Wheeler on the 11 p.m. news on April 19th. So he he's made it like four months without yeah. being caught. At 12:10, enough anonymous tips had come in to arrest him. <laughs> <laughs> we got enough. We got 13. Let's go get him. So when he was shown photographs from the bank, he was shocked, and he said, "But I wore the lemon juice." <laughs> I wore the lemon juice. Wait a minute. There was another guy, right? The guy yeah. that said... Johnson Johnson pleaded guilty at the bank and two more unrelated bank robberies. He testified against Wheeler and was only given a five-year prison sentence. Conversely, Wheeler was sentenced to 24 and a half years in prison, followed by three years of probation. Huh. Okay, this first guy that proposed the lemon juice idea, he had to have tried it out himself, right? He had to do the Polaroid test. Yeah, and where would he have gotten that Because he's going into idea. a bake without a mask and robbing it. Like he's so, like, he has fine. to. Have, We're fine. I got some lemon gets juice. Better. So, <laughs> an account of the robberies was included in the World Almanac in 1996. David Dunning, a professor of social psychology at Cornell University. Yes. Go ahead. Andy, Andy Bernard. Yeah, yeah. I knew you needed to do yeah. that. Read it. Did to do. Discovered this story and then a f- another longer article in the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. That's hard to say. Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Yeah, the PBG. He came to the conclusion that if Wheeler was too stupid to be a bank robber, perhaps hmm. he was also too stupid to know that he was too stupid to be a bank robber. Huh. <laughs> Leading to his research in creating a phenomenon known as the Dunning-Kruger effect. Oh. oh, so Weird. because of he, his realization of this guy, not under, he was so stupid. He <laughs> didn't know how stupid he was. Yeah. <laughs> and it turned into confidence. Essentially. It's, it's like Homer Simpson or Peter Griffin. Like yeah, they're just, sure. just so dumb. They don't realize it. So yeah. they wrote a paper called unskilled and unaware of it. How difficulties in recognizing one's own incompetence lead to inflated self assessments. Huh? Essentially, what they found was when people are incompetent in the strategies they adopt to achieve success and satisfaction, they suffer a dual burden. Not only do they reach er erroneous conclusions and make unfortunate choices, but their incompetence robs them of their ability to realize it. Wow. Huh. This is now known as the Dunning-Kruger effect. Do you think that super smart people can also suffer from the whatever? I'm surprised you've not heard of this because I've heard of this this term before. Like, I don't even remember how I found this story, but I was like, wait, this dude thought lemon juice would make him invisible (laughs) in cameras. And then I started digging into it and found out that it led to a very popular sociological Mm -hmm. like 
effect, this Dunning, because I've heard of the Dunning-Kruger effect before. Because sure. yeah. essentially, it's just saying like... You rub lemon juice on your face. Well, the Dunning-Kruger effect at, at its <laughs> core is basically someone that's so dumb that they've come all the way around the circle to yeah. thinking that they're smart and yeah. they're the only ones that are that smart. Yeah. yeah. And you can never convince them that they're wrong yeah. or that they are as dumb as they indeed are. How many dumb I, people realize they're as dumb as they are? Every Most dumb people think that they're smart, right? Think that they got it figured out. Oh, man. Yeah. I, I think yeah. we all could say we know a handful of folks like that. Yeah. Well, I think one of the <laughs> ways I heard it, one of the ways I heard it put much better, I was reading this thing about imposter syndrome and it was like a lot of the time, like when with imposter syndrome, you should have confidence and you don't because you don't mm. think you're somewhere you should be. Mm-hmm. Whereas conversely, so many people that have all the confidence in the world should not have any of it. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's so that's the Dunning Kruger effect. So it's, it's confidence and intellect. So they would yeah. be bottom left of the quadrant. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Lower left quadrant. Mm-hmm. Of but confidence. they think they're, they're top, top right. right. <laughs> yes. That's the key. OK, so let's go through this. So high confidence, high intellect. OK, high confidence, low intellect, <laughs> low confidence, High intellect. Uh, that's not necessarily a bad place to be because you can grow in. No, confidence. but that's it's like it can create mental health problems because that's yeah. imposter syndrome. Yeah. Right. And then low and low. I like low and low. Low like, and low is fun. That Those is the tempo. Yeah. <laughs> Strong as an ox, fresh out the box. Oh, what's that? Right. So loud. They're coming in. Easy boys. Oh yeah. god! I got it. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> Lemon juice. Let us know if you have ever I, uh, I- experimented with lemon juice on your face. I can't get over the fact that that somebody's first got guy, a weird lemon juice kink. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Let me know if you've ever for experienced sure. lemon yeah. juice on your just or experimented just on with the lemon face. juice on your face. Oh yeah, uh, that's just classic Friday night. I'm for sure. Me. I, I almost guarantee you, if you Google it, there's somebody out there that says it has some sort of health effect. Oh, uh, in a positive manner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, a lo- I assume a lot of people, but that first guy. Where did he get the idea? Why did he feel so confident about well, it? So that crazy. He, went, he told somebody else, and we're like, we're going to rob a bank without a mask and, on. And he's the one that only got five years. Yeah. <laughs> the other really, guy. That guy's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just wonder if he was like, I don't know, heard somewhere. Or did and, he have a grudge against the other guy? And he was oh, like, Oh, maybe he was trying I'm, to get him to go. Yeah, he's yeah. like, I'll only do five years. Maybe mm. he's really smart and was trying to. I don't know. Get the other it's, guy not to wear a mask. It's definitely mm. funny. That is crazy. That is really funny. <laughs> Dunning-Kruger. Dunning-Kruger. Wow. Sounds like a law firm. It does. I'll agree with you. Cool. So that was my story for this week. I love I it. I think it was a good one. I'm excited. I like it too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It makes you think. Does it? We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, producer Russ is going to make us laugh. <laughs> we'll see you soon. Blaine, you look different. Did you get a haircut? Oh, I did. Thanks for asking. Oh, it looks nice. People have been noticing more often since I've started going to Chop Chop Barbershop. Say that one more time. Uh, People have noticed more often since I've been going to Chop Chop Barbershop. Chop Chop. Yeah. It's this super cool, very clean spot over by 16th and College area. 16th and Yandis, if you will. Okay, I will here Uh, in Indy. Yeah, super cool building, old school style barbershop. Anthony always fades me up well. He leads this diverse team of three other barbers all three of my kids get their haircuts there even my wife gets her haircut oh they do ladies cuts too from you know fades to braids and everything in between i love that and if i wanted more info where could i go i would check out personally chopchopbarbers.com okay chopchopbarbers.com 
From fades to braids to kitty cuts to the coolest barbershop there is. I don't want to look bad, so, so I'm going to go to Chop Chop Barbershop. Yeah. yeah. Doop, doop. Yeah. Here hey, welcome we go, back. Russ. Producer Russ. Here we go. Uh, one of the highlights, I think, for Bland and I is just finding out what Russ is going to bring. Yeah, and actually, it's going to uh, be something aquatic or uh, amphibious or it's gonna be uh, great. furry. It's going to be quirky. Is it always aquatic and amphibious? No, it oh. just usually involves an animal doing something wild. Yeah. I'm talking about pine leaf. Pine Chris, leaf. Chris Pine? Pine leaf. Chris Pine. Pine leaf. Chris Pine leaf. Sounds like a maybe a town or a city. It's like, not. It's, it's a person. Oh, oh perfect. Uh-huh. Okay. One word, two? Two words. Two pine, words. pine leaf. leaf. Like the leaf of a pine tree. Yes. No, I gathered. That doesn't exist, dog. It should be pine needle, but yeah. go on. Is this a man or a woman? Always. This is a woman. Pine leaf was born around like 1806. Okay. And a member of the Gros Ventra tribe in Upper Missouri. G-R-O-S space V-E-N-T-R-E. Gros Ventra. Looks French. You sound, can't see it. Sounds, yeah, you in my mind, it. I did. <laughs> Let's just say gross ventra. Yeah, gross yeah. Ven- ventra. Sure, the French. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, because mm-hmm. in French, G R O S is still gross, gross, like yeah. gros jean. Yeah, dirty Levi's, as I call them. That does sound French. <laughs> uh, at the age of about ten, she was taken prisoner by a raiding party of the crows, which is uh, birds. Yeah, I'm familiar. Yeah, it's yeah, not. They, uh, it's they're a, like, they're it's really a rival. Smart. Just, they all banded together and picked yeah. one woman up. Like Hitchcock. In, birds. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a rival uh, indigenous nation. Okay. To what? To the Gros, Gros, Gros Ventra Gros tribe. Ventra. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they were in Upper Missouri. I don't know. 1806? Yeah, 1806. So before the French and Indian War? I think it was right around, wasn't it? That would have been okay. Madison. So it would make, it been. I guess what I'm trying to do is connect the dots of why yeah. the Native Americans would hate these French people. Okay. So 1806, yeah? yeah? Is that the year? I'll look it up. The Gros Ventra weren't French people. They were a tribe in Upper Missouri. Oh, so they were Native Americans? Yeah. Where'd they, how'd they get English words? I guess those words aren't English. Never mind. No, they're French. <laughs> how'd they get French words? How'd they get French? Question. We don't know that they're French words either. So she was Or taken. that's what they called themselves. This could just be what we called them after the fact. Yeah. French and Indian War would have been much earlier. That was yeah. 1754 through 63. But the War of 1812 was going on. No. Not in 1806. <laughs> Things were brewing, though. She was taken prisoner by the raiding party of Crow... Industries. In, industries. Mm-hmm. And was adopted by a Crow warrior who raised her among his people. Okay. She showed a disposition to assume traditionally male activities. And her foster father, aforementioned, evidently encouraged her pursuits as he had lost his sons to death or capture or whatever it was. Okay. So the her adopted father kind of made her kind of tomboyish. I'm pretty nervous for her right now. Uh-huh. I don't know why. You should be nervous for everyone else. Okay. Uh, mm. So she earned a claim for her horse riding, her marksmanship, and ability to field dress a buffalo. Uh, I think I know where we're going with this. Oh, yeah. like with like polka dots and stuff? Yeah. Like, uh-huh. oh, look how I dress the buffalo. I yeah, got that's it. nice. Like little red <laughs> yeah. shoes. Yeah. Well, I guess, no, if you're field dressing them, it would be more like fatigues and boots. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. Something that's comfortable and you could walk in for a, a rucksack, while. if yeah. you will. Yeah. Camouflage. Now I really want to, like, I kind of want a, a tattoo of a buffalo a with like full field, tack gear. Field dressed <laughs> buffalo. You know what? That's a really good idea. Yeah. Let's all get one now. <laughs> However, unlike other two spirits, do you know what two spirits is? Yes. Uh, yeah. I More have than one that. spirit. Was that not like um, in, in 
certain Native American tribes, it, it was like kind of, uh, what is it, non-binary today? Uh-huh. Like you could be male yeah. and female. So, so, that's, a lot so of, that's the Native American term for non-binary. Yes. So Got they it. have, they kind of, and a lot of the, this is the two spirits, so a lot of the two spirits became like shaman. Like a lot of the mm-hmm. Native oh, American shaman oh, come from like the two spirit. They hold their arms up long enough, they're going to win the battle. Uh, it's like uh, Aaron and her for Moses. Yeah. Uh, oh no, who was? was I was the, telling who's, you about that. Who's the, no, no, you weren't. I know that story just the other day. I, was I know well, we that. talked about it, but it's not like you presented the concept to me for the first time. The that's the way I heard it. <laughs> you weren't even there. Right? That's, well, no, that one's in your book. There was a shaman during the William Henry, Henry Harrison episode that used to like be like, "Oh, we do my magic stuff." You're going to be fine. And then he got shot and he was like, oh, it must have wore off. Oh. <laughs> Remember that, in like uh, the battle of Tecumseh? Was that prophet? Yeah. It was Tecumseh. The it was, yeah, the prophet. And uh, yeah, Tecumseh's Tecumseh. brother was the prophet here yeah. outside Lafayette. And, and it was just like, ah, I guess ah, it didn't work this time. Dang it. Didn't work. <laughs> so yes, was that guy a two-spirit? No, I'm saying was the prophet a two-spirit? Because you said oh, that they know. usually become prophets, right? Shamans. Shamans. The prophet was a shaman. But is it, are all shamans prophets? Some sort of one to many. Let's think about this. It's like squares and rhombuses. Yeah. Okay. Not all shamans are pro- no. Not, not all, all prophets, prophets are shamans, but all shamans, but all shamans, are, shamans prophets. are prophets. All shamans are prophets. I would assume so. I feel like we're making their magic. Yeah. Assumptions. And uh, if, you're a, if you're a non-profit, this you, is coming from expertise, not an assumption. <laughs> if you're a non-profit, you have to go five hundred one c three, and it's just it's just weird. <laughs> God. She gained renown as a warrior during a raid by the Blackfoot. She reportedly fought off multiple attackers and was instrumental in turning back the raid. So she's becoming like a warrior princess. Xena. Yeah. yeah, like she's like a Xena. <laughs> so the Lucy Blackfoot Wallace. had raided. So in response, she raised her own band of warriors and raided the Blackfoot settlement, taking yeah. off many horses and many scalps. Good. Okay. What? Uh, oh. Because of this, she was accepted to represent her lodge. I guess every... I didn't realize lodges came from, like, Native American... Like Freemason lodges? No, it's no. before that. It was prehistoric. Sweat Lodge? Really? Fred, Fred Flintson was in a lodge. Oh, he was in the Water Buffalo. Yeah. Yeah, and one of the earliest Masons as well. Oh, right. Well, true. Yeah. 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 He liked bowling. <laughs> he did. He drove his car with his Do you know... Okay, so, by the way, real quick, as an aside, as on the anniversary of 9-11 is tomorrow... By the time you hear this, it will have been a week or two ago. Uh, correct, but yes. there was a man that bowled a perfect game on 9-11. And there's a great Vice article about him. Because, like, he was at work when it happened, and they, it was on bowling night. And they all got off work, and they were like, well, can't let the terrorists win. we got to go bowl. And then they went and yeah. bowled, and he bowled a 300. Wow. So, yeah. so it's like in this bowling alley in, like, Connecticut, where they have all the 300s on the wall. And there's wow. one guy, 9-11-2001. Oh, gosh. So yeah, that's a real. That's maybe that's a story for another episode. It is. He's out there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I bet that was very cathartic for the people that were watching him bowl, like because they got to like on such a tragic day. Yeah, they were all probably the cheering. Came out. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. or the energy in there must have been electric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they started calling her. She was known as the Woman Chief, and during her tenure, a grizzled old hardcore mountain man named Bloody Arm Beckworth. Uh, that was his birth name, too. Yeah, it was. Yes, like it was his dad's egg. name. Uh-huh. <laughs> he came out and they were like, why is his arm so bloody? Oh, well. What okay. was his name? Bloody Arm Beckwith? Yeah. The sixth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean. It was I, by Micah. That could have been his birth name. Back then, it was weird, right? Bloody Arm Beckworth was yes. a cavalry saber master, and he fled slavery in Virginia and learned the Crow language. 
Okay. So okay. Bloody Arm Beckworth was an escaped slave. Okay. Who jumped on a horse. Jumped on a horse. With a saber. With a saber and became a master at it. Mm-hmm. He got into the Crow tribe. Integrated. He was part of the Crow tribe. Yeah. Integrated mm-hmm. into the Crow tribe. And he fell in love with the woman chief. Pine Leaf. Not yet. Pine Leaf. Oh. So this is where Pine Leaf happens. Okay. And we know this because he wrote these memoirs of his entire life when he joined the Crows, when he ran away from slavery, and he inflated a lot of it. But when he joined the Crows, he fell in love with the warrior chief. I wonder what the initiation process was like to join. I would imagine it's not something we would want to go through. No. Bloody Arm Beckworth was instantly in love with the warrior chief and said that he wanted to marry her. It was a cute meat. Yeah, it was a cute meat. <laughs> it was. <laughs> All right. But I mean, that's fun. That's that's like, like she like bent over to tie her sandal and like he like ran into her because he had a whole oh. bunch of stuff in his arms. And then Dropped. like they looked up and she was like, oh, I'm really focused on my career right now. Yeah. I can't. This like, is my bookstore. Right yeah. Now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he's like, oh, it's fine. I'm just some guy from the big city. Here, call and, me bloody. So, yeah. He asked her if she would marry him. Mm hmm. And she said, I'm not going to marry anybody until I kill 100 men in battle. That sounds that's pretty, awesome. That's an awesome that's life goal. That's right? a good prerequisite for marriage, yeah. I think. But it's also, this is like the plot for <laughs> Sleepless in Seattle, isn't it? Yeah. Like, we Never can't get married. Way. If we're both can't. still not married after I kill 100 people in battle, then yeah. we'll marry each other because we're best it. friends. That's Wait, Harry Met Sally. Yeah, that's Harry Met oh, okay. Sally. But they were both in the same movie together, weren't they? No, that was Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan, or was it Billy Crystal and Meg Doesn't Ryan? Doesn't matter. Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan was when Harry Met Sally and, and Tom Hanks. The- You're thinking of uh, You've Got Mail, which I think I think Tom also- Hanks and Meg Ryan were in two blockbusters. I think it was You've Got Mail and Sleepless, Sleepless in Seattle. Seattle. When Harry Met Sally is I'll Have What I She I thought said. Julia Roberts was in Sleepless in Seattle. Julia Roberts no. was in My Best Friend's Wedding. Oh, he must. Isn't have been the so same? Isn't the plot exciting. of my best friend's wedding? They're like, we're your best friends, and if we're both still single at thirty, we'll get married to oh, each other. Oh, that is a. And then somebody did they rip that plot off of When Harry Met Sally? I've never yeah. seen When Harry Met Sally, so it's it's it's, it's funny. Good. It's good. No, I'm it's just funny. saying, like, I don't know the plot of it, so I know this has to be from either. They must have been. They, I mean, to a certain degree, they did because When yeah. Harry Met Sally was definitely before at least fifteen, twenty years prior. Yeah. All right. Oof. Okay. So we'll have what she's having. Yes. Yeah. What is she having? A hundred men on the battlefield. Yeah. <laughs> and Sorry, uh, I, I, it's not you. It's me. Yeah. I, I just, it's, it's, I'm only, I'm only 46 in. Yeah. All right. So she was basically saying, I'm never going to marry you. I don't know if she was actually going to kill a hundred men in battle. Well, well, she's, what'd she say? She said she still has to kill 54 more men. Oh, um, oh, I think it's usual. a little Dunning-Kruger effect. I think she's a little <laughs> too confident for her abilities. She's really a 75 person. Yeah, yeah. But. So the way she got the name Pineleaf was this guy was persistent. And finally she said, fine, I'll marry you when the pine leaves turn yellow. Oh, So he was thinking in the fall... And then he realized, like, they're evergreen trees. Yeah. (laughs) She played him hard. She did. It was a real slow burn. Yeah. That's fantastic. That's funny. That's Uh really good. That's clever. It's clever. She's great. That's really good. She's great. I'll marry you in the pine What was her original name, then? Uh, Please say it was just, like, Rebecca. Just something basic. Uh, It was was Brittany. It was Rebecca. (laughs) No, I don't know. Brittany. I don't know how I don't have that. Brittany. I feel like Jessica. That. E-I-G-H, Brittany. Brittany. Oh. 
No, that was way before yeah. the EIGH took hold on. Oh, man, Is that's such Brindley? a terrible. It's such a terrible trend. I don't think that like the other Native Americans called her that. Yeah. But since this guy wrote the book where everybody learned about her, yeah. like he called her Pine Leaf oh, the right. rest of the way. Yeah. That's fun. so it was his like his, his pet name for her. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like instead of sugar. Hey Pine Leaf. Yeah. So I mean she became like on the top council and of the lodge. Yeah, for the lodge. <laughs> and she was a representative for the b- both of the nations and she didn't end up marrying, did not end up marrying him, but she did have, she married four wives, which increased the wealth and prestige of her lodge. So instead of marrying a guy. And they were guy, cool with that? They were totally cool with that. That's hmm. dope. I like the crows. Right? Yeah. Two spirits. But yeah. Big fan of the crows. Yeah. And they, they really like elected her to the, the highest. They, Nobody, yeah. I, I'm really trying to think of like a counting crows reference. Is anybody else trying to think of that? No. No. Not at all. No, 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 no. no. Sorry, right. I didn't think of one. It's okay. Pine leaf and me gonna kill a hundred men. Well, she's got four beautiful women. They're all looking at you. Oh, I don't think so. They're looking, looking at, at pine leaf. Pine leaf. That's, I, I was fishing for that one. It's on the spot too. Uh, yeah, that was good. really good. Anyway, she became. She led the crow for twenty years negotiating treaties and negotiating treaties with the gross venture, her like home tribe, like her yeah. origin tribe, the homies, the, OGs. Yeah, the homies. And then after several years of peace, they gross venture party ambushed and killed her. Oh gosh. That yeah. her original tribe. Yeah. Her original tribe. Sounds like some real after she'd been like negotiating peace, <laughs> gross venture capitalists. Gross venture capitalists. Mm, it's good. It's good. They were mm. angel investors in her success. <laughs> and then she was ambushed and killed. <laughs> yeah. The end. Was, that's, that's really how it ended. It was isn't like, that the end? She got like, all of this, these accolades and yeah. then died. Yeah. By She's her original cool. tribe. So but were they jealous? A, Do we know why they? I, I don't know why. Who knows? She Who was known know? for one. Tell me really why. Gross venture killed Pine Leaf. Tell me why. She never married bloody arms. Tell, Tell me, me why. why. She led the lodge all day. Pine leaf has four wives. Because <laughs> pine leaf has four I feel like I got too far into that. I closed my eyes while I was singing. Oh, man. you got to be careful with that. Uh, we're going to be right back. Here's a message from one of our sponsors. Facing the transition out of the military is rarely easy. It doesn't help that the staggering number of options you're faced with can be overwhelming. But there's a light at the end of that tunnel for all veterans. And that light shines brightest here in Indiana. Lucrative careers in fast-growing industries are plentiful. Housing costs are amongst the lowest in the nation. And you can live in the country while being less than an hour from a world-class city. At InVets, we're showing veterans how to translate the valuable skills they've learned to the civilian world while connecting them with careers they can be proud of so they can lead fulfilling, purposeful lives. Go to InVets, that's I-N-V-E-T-S dot org. Create a profile to learn more about Indiana communities, browse the current open job openings in these communities, and receive your free shirt. That's InVets, I-N-V-E-T-S dot org. Welcome back. This is historically adjacent. Oh, yeah. I forgot to say that. Oh, um, yeah. Sorry. Uh, 
I'm uh, Blaine Zimmerman. Hi, Blaine. With Russ, who just told us about Pine Leaf. Pine Leaf. Now it's Ryan's turn. Yeah. So everyone gets serious. Okay, here we go. This is about someone from the... Oh, are we guessing? Do we do pre-guesses? Ooh, let's, that Ooh, sounds like okay. pre-guess. All right. Pre-guess. This, is, this is military related. Okay. Oh. A little bit. There, Mil- there's, a, military, there's a factor in there for it. adjacent. Go ahead. A factor of four. I feel like, is there a boat? Is there water? Uh, or is there water? Is there, is there water? water? <laughs> is, is water a major player in no. the story? We're no, going to need not. to get more specific with our guesses <laughs> in the next episode. Is there water? <laughs> okay. All right. No, there's not water. So it is military adjacent. It's got a military element a little bit later on, okay. and I'll get to that. All right. All okay. Right. The year is 1814, uh, and we're going to Belgium. How close to the War of 1812, Ryan? Uh, two years in. <laughs> <laughs> I did feel in that moment where I started to... I felt very much like an idiot, and I'm glad that you... Uh, you checked me on that. Anyway, it's Belgium. It's 1814. Young Antoine Joseph Sachs is born. Ooh. And very quickly, his parents start calling him Adolf. A-D-O-L-P-H-E. Never good. Hi. What street was he born on? I don't, I don't know. Why? Just didn't know if it was Fifth Avenue or not. Fifth Avenue Sachs? Sachs Fifth Avenue. Oh, <laughs> there it is. Wow. Yeah. That was, that was good. I was really hoping I was going to be spot on. You were going to be like, no. dang it, that's the guy. No. His dad was a carpenter. Hmm. He was not necessarily a musician, but he made instruments. His dad did. So from a very early age, woodwind. young Adolf is is listening to woodwinds and listening to brass instruments and all that. Is there um, a name for an instrument builder? Like you go like you, you go to a tailor. To answer that question. Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I don't know. I think it would just be an instrument. Whatever instrument you're making, you would be that maker. I don't oh, think there's like a cobbler a or like point. a... Uh, you think there'd be somebody who's the master of like instru- Haberdasher. instrumentarian. Haberdasher, that's a good one. That's, a, that's one of yeah. my favorites. Haber- it's probably the best one. Yeah. Cobbler is pretty good. I like cobbler. Yeah. Who makes the barrels? Barrel uh, makers. Uh, Barrel. Someone, I think there's a name for it. Can someone ring, look that up? Metal yeah, ring makers. Okay. Anyway, uh, young Adolf Sachs. Already, when this kid is three years old, he falls down three flights of stairs, lands on his head, oh. and is in a brief coma. And then Cooper's. Coopers make Coopers, barrels. Thank yeah. you. Cooperage. Uh, it's, it is called Cooperage. The art of making a barrel is Cooperage. Yeah. Thank you. Stop Coopersville. He, he fell down three flights of stairs, fell on his head, went into a brief coma. When he awoke, <laughs> couldn't really walk too well. Uh, eventually regains his strength and walking abilities. He then, soon after that, swallowed by accident a large needle, which he somehow passed without injury. Get um, out of here. I will not. Kindly leave. Kindly leave, <laughs> sir. Good day, sir. Do you, you want to hear home? what a instrument maker is called? Please. Yeah. It's called a luthier. Oh, a luthier. Okay, now that makes sense. Oh, well, okay. I should have known that. I, I thought that was more like guitars and more like repair than actually making them. But yeah, a luthier. I've heard No, that. it's individual skilled instrument makers and the heads of small workshops. There you go. Small workshops. <laughs> so Santa's a luthier. Elves. The Keebler elves. elves. Yeah, 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 the master luthier over there. Three no, feet that tall. Would, that would definitely mean Santa's a luthier. Charlie yeah. in Chocolate Factory? Yeah. He's a luthier. He's a luthier. Yeah. He's yeah. a master of a small workshop. Mm-hmm. All yeah. right. Go ahead. Anyway, uh, so he swallows a needle, passes it. He's already fallen three flights, hit his head, ends up being okay as a three-year-old. He drinks a concoction of lead, copper oxide, and arsenic on accident. Still survives. Oh, what? Wait, who has How does he keep swallowing things on accident? But wait, there's more. Fool me once, shame on me. <laughs> Fool me. Fool me. Twi- twi- 
It's got to be. You're not going to fool me you're again. You're not going to fool me again. <laughs> oh, this was pre Mr. Yuck sticker. It's got to be your bill. Oh, clearly. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, I'd be so. swallowing needles, <laughs> swallowing lead and arsenic. This is two years into the War of 1812 of 1806. Oh. That is what that is. <laughs> so he swallows the needle, swallows the poison. Fell on a burning stove on his side and had severe burns. This is just the clumsiest <laughs> man on the planet. Still fine. He got fire. that that wound then got infected. Still fine. At age ten, he fell into a river, which was not discovered until a random villager observed him floating face down near a mill, just kind of swirling around, and <laughs> plucks him out of the river. <laughs> Somehow, this kid regains consciousness. He's fine. But we're not done because he's probably teenage years now in his dad's workshop and a container of gunpowder exploded when he was standing right next to it. Recovers from that. And then one day he's Where walking down live? Belgium. He's a Highlander. Somebody just needs to cut, That's off, true. His head. cut his head off. Yeah. Cut then one day off. he's uh, he's walking down the street in Belgium. Somebody cuts and his head off. And somebody was like, there can be only one. <laughs> <laughs> There's a large tile that slides down a roof, hits him in the head. What the hell? <laughs> rendering him temporarily comatose. Um, second coma. We're got, in our second coma. He got... He's 12? He's, he's had two comas. Yeah, let's say mid-teens and he's two comas in. They Dude, his CTE him. is going to be awful. <laughs> All the numerous brushes with death that he had, like his village folk neighbors, nicknamed him the ghost child. They're like, ah, there's Ghost Child Sacks again. Very yeah, unoriginal, but fine. Anyway, yeah, so he grows up, he becomes an adult, and he starts following in his father's luthier footsteps, making oh. instruments. He had a real knack for... Not dying. Not beyond not dying. <laughs> innovating existing instruments. So he, I think he experimented he like, with... You see the guitar? I'm going to make it smaller. <laughs> and I'm going to give it to surfers in Hawaii. And you and know they're what? like, what's Hawaii? And Take he's off. like, it's fine. There's a queen there now. But one day, <laughs> it will only be known for bald dudes in yeah. long shorts and flip-flops. And they're like, what are flip-flops? And he's like, stay with me stay now. With me. This is called a ukulele. Yeah, yeah. You may not like it, but your kids will love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think he turned a clarinet into like a bass clarinet. He eventually developed... Watch this. I'm going to turn it down. <laughs> Turn this knob up and this knob down. <laughs> he moves to Paris where he is essentially catching a lot of attention of composers who are seeing these instruments that they're like, we've never really seen or heard these before. How did Clearly, you come up with this? He made them up. And he made them. Yeah. yeah. He made them. <laughs> like, like he invented uh, them. Why one of which them? was called the saxophone. Oh. There are enough people in Paris. Dude, so if it weren't for this guy, there would be no Bill Clinton. That's. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's one of the points that I was going to make about five minutes from now. But Good. yes, you are right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the saxophone. Ooh. So there were there were luthiers in Paris who, do you guys know a luthier is someone who makes an instrument? That's oh. what that term is. <laughs> oh, I was and wondering it, about that. Yeah, yeah, it's a luthier. Everybody oh. knows that, right? Everybody knows that. Yeah. So enough luthiers didn't like this guy personally or professionally. Stop making instruments. Yeah. yeah. Seriously, that's what was happening. He was winning all these contests. Like at one point he actually played one version of this saxophone behind a curtain because he was so concerned that people were going to try to mimic it. Oh. And he didn't have a patent on it yet. But everybody so, was like, that thing just looks stupid. Well, so, he, no. he, because it had a whammy bar on it? He played <laughs> wham bar. He played bar. it. 
And they're like, I'll tell you what, he's never going to dance again. <laughs> His guilty feet have got no rhythm. Which, ironically, is one of the best sax solos <laughs> Right, of all time. I know. Yeah. That's, that's uh, where I was going with that. <laughs> Thank you. But he actually won the contest from behind the curtain. It was like a blind listen, and they're like, that sounds awesome. And he comes out with this thing, and they're like, what and they're is like, that? they're like, yeah, what's that? He's, he's like, it's like, a me phone. That's what he called it? No. He oh. called it a saxophone. But all these people start ganging Everyone up Everyone just guy. started like instantly wanting to have sex with each other. They're like, what is this instrument? <laughs> what's happening here? <laughs> Does what does Kenny G play? Is it an alto sax? That would be a, I believe it's a soprano sax. Oh, yeah, it looks like a clarinet, but it yeah. is brass. So a sax is actually a woodwind Woke instrument. This small and what got myself a gun? But it's made of metal. What instrument's that? That's the bass saxophone. Or, uh, oh, really? Baritone. It'd be sax. a lot better if they played the soprano saxophone oh. in that song. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> So many people in, in Paris, because here, here comes this Belgian waltzing in with these new instruments that catch the attention of the French military because they're like, hey, we need some new music. We need some new instruments. This guy's got them. We don't care if you're Belgian. We really like you. Well, all the other people also who bring been, some waffles, <laughs> <laughs> some lace, some chocolate. All these people for a long time had been providing instruments for the French military bands and in walks Adolf Sachs. And pretty much. Oh God! Okay, up. it just hit me. It just the hit me saxophone. too. Saxophone. Yeah. It just hit okay. Me. Go. It, gosh, dang it! Uh-huh. That makes me so mad. I was in my head. It I was, was S A C K S, which at the beginning I was glad about. Yeah. Because I was like, ah, he he's, he doesn't get it yet. Got um, fooled. So these people Yo, tried Gary. to make Adolf Sax's life hell, and what they did was that they were like, if we can't, they actually tried. There was one point where his assistant in his workshop was shot, almost killed. Like they tried to assassinate the guy <laughs> because he was <laughs> over up- the sax. <laughs> he was trying. He was upsetting their apple cart. Assassinated him. Assassinated. Damn it, Russ! I'm so proud of you. He survived assassination. <laughs> we should assassinate them. His assistant was almost killed. At one point, his factory mysteriously burned down. Mysteriously, they were trying to sue him. Left and right, they were like, listen, if we can't take him out, at least we can keep him busy in the courts. How do you sue someone for inventing? Because what they did was they said, you've played this publicly before. You can't file for a patent for something that's already been out there. Oh. And it took him five years to basically get his patent approved. Like the courts were like, this so, it, okay. The courts were like, it's obvious that you guys just have it out for this dude. Yeah. He hasn't done anything. Answer wrong. a question for yeah. me. Yeah. Like musically, right? Because sure. you are a singer. I don't know if you know the answer to this mm-hmm. but if you're learning music right and you see someone play an instrument yeah and you know how to build instruments how easy would it be to recreate it i have no idea i feel like it would be still incredibly hard especially yeah. the saxophone it's got all those buttons that are connected to each other all the valves all it doesn't well, make any that's sense the thing he was like fine eventually he said listen if you're gonna spend all your time trying to get me in court he basically said i'm gonna put this on the free open market See if you can replicate what I've done. No one could do it. Yeah, because it's not individual buttons like a uh-uh. trumpet. They're no. like the buttons are, for whatever reason, like differently shaped, even though they touch each other and it's yeah. one big button. So what? like it could just be a <laughs> bar. Like the whole thing. About the, big button. the whole thing doesn't make sense. What was what was the predis like on the shoulders of giants? Right. Sure. Like was it a <laughs> trumpet? Yeah, he, it was probably, he was like, what if I twist this? <laughs> it was probably the trumpet. And then add a bunch of unnecessary stuff. The French horn. <laughs> Big buttons. Or if you're in France, just the horn. Coronet, maybe. So the French horn already exists at this point. I believe so. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And, and what's crazy is like a lot of these composers were like, some loved him because they're like, the tone of this instrument is incredible. I got to figure out a way. Like he was inspiring 
composers to write music for this oh, new I instrument. I just realized, though, if it weren't for this guy, we wouldn't have ska. So I kind of hate him. <laughs> I mean, it's all like, yeah. Trombones. Yeah, I mean, you probably somebody would have still discovered uprifts, which yeah. is probably the more <laughs> annoying part of ska. Eventually, that and the hopping around. Yeah. Baggy jeans. Yeah. Somebody in their car is Gross. not responding that well. <laughs> I don't know why people hate it so much. These guys continued to, what was the name of the organization that tried to put him out of, uh, out of business? The Mighty Mighty Boston. The United Association of Instruments. Moms for makers. Liberty. Wait, the Luthiers <laughs> tried to put him out of business? The Luthiers, yeah. They were France. like, no more. Because we don't make he's more. Belgian, and I don't really know the, the backstory if there's a, like a bad blood there or whatever, but yeah. like he's obviously an outsider coming in. The French military approves of him. French composers approve of him. They're basically like, hold on, hold on. This guy can't be as big of a deal as he is. Now we need to take him out. Saxophone. And uh, he was going to invent other music. Uh, no, and now we got bad blood. blood. Hey. Hey. Ryan's uh, favorite musician, everyone. We got bad. Oh, Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Napoleon III ended up becoming one of his benefactors in, is that uh, I think it was his grandson maybe okay I think it was like the Napoleon Blaine just put his hand in his uh, fake coat yeah uh, front he became he actually Sachs was on the verge of bankruptcy and he was like hey I gotcha like your stuff man and so he developed cancer of he he noticed that this spot on his lip mm. just kept getting darker and darker and bigger and bigger and he's probably in his early 70s. It's surprising that wasn't terrible PR for the sax. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly. Right. Because they're like, well, yeah. it's probably that bullcrap he yep. made of. Yeah. Yep. Saxophones um, cause cancer. A doctor from India saved his life. No, Bharati. Bharat. Bharat is. What is it called now? Uh, Bharat. They're trying to. Did you, I knew to you, you would look it up. I did. As soon as I told you. <laughs> yeah. You told me India is changing its name from yeah, India. Yeah. India is trying to change its name to That's Bharat. That's like a, as a bureaucratic nightmare. Oh, yeah. But I understand why they're trying to do it, and I respect it. I do, it. too. I they're trying to change it to the original Sanskrit name yeah. that they, like, India is the name England gave them. If anybody could do it, it's India. Like, yeah, they, they got like, a billion people. They have, yeah, and they, yeah. they all vote. They get every oh, single so vote. They're so good at it, it's too. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It is yeah. the most You've unbelievable. You've told us about that in another episode. They, like, yeah. take, they send people up to the mountains. Yeah. 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 It's great. Yeah. Um, Indigo Girls. Indigo Girls. I went to the mountain. Uh, is that I went girl song? To the one mountain. day, one day you'll sing. I went to the doctor. <laughs> Why? I went to the mountain Man, to was, get them this, to vote. This probably does not surprise you guys at all, but I went through a heavy Indigo Girls phase in high school. My sister had the CD. What was the, the, who was the guy I asked you about last week? So we were on a road trip to Wisconsin last week, <laughs> yeah. and uh, we were listening to Sirius XM. Yes, and um, we were like, oh, you know, be fun. Let's listen to Pop 2K, which is like okay. early 2000s sure. pop. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And like, let's see if we can name, like, who can name the band first. All right. And um, now I don't remember who it was, but I asked you about him. Matchbox uh, 20. No, uh, it was a, not Edwin McCain. It was a guy. It was a singer. Gavin DeGraw. Gavin DeGraw. Gavin DeGraw. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Jenny was like, I wonder if Ryan likes this guy. And yeah. I was like, no, Ryan's definitely gone oh. through a Gavin DeGraw. Oh, dude, like, I guarantee it. And then I picked my phone up and she was like, are you texting him? Because <laughs> she hates that Like when a question pops into my yeah, head, I have, have to have it answered. Got to get, yeah. And I was like, oh, just it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. No, I'm not even texting him. And then I, I was like, actually, he's met him. <laughs> no, dude, this was... Let me finish Adolf Sachs' yeah. story, and then I'll take my I'll put a pin in that because it's kind of a cool story. Then you can tell me about how you met Davin and Raw. Yep, yep. Tell me. But, 
backstage of the show. That's, are you singing a train song? No. <laughs> so, but that's what's funny. Is that not Gavin DeGraw? That's train. Oh, okay. That's train. So, Gavin DeGraw, Jason. Because when his when his song came on, Jenny was like, you don't know who this is, do you? And I was like, it's definitely train. And she's like, it's Gavin DeGraw. No, not Close. train. Not train. What's Gavin DeGraw singing? Uh, his big one was Chariot when it came out. I've got that's train in my head. I'll sing it for you in the break. Uh, okay. Yeah. Oh, Chariot. There it is. That song. Yeah, okay. That's yeah. it. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Sachs ends up getting bailed out by Napoleon III. He ends up, uh, like I said, influencing a ton of these composers who don't really know what to do with it. They're like, some people start writing with it. Some people are like, this is not a classical instrument. It it doesn't belong in an orchestra or a symphony. But then what later happened, obviously, is it influenced American jazz, which it became a staple there. Think of all the sax greats. And then it influenced early rock and roll. Marching bands. Marching bands. The song Sax Man by the Lonely Island. It's one of my favorites. Steve Sachs from (laughs) the... Los oh, yeah. Angeles Dodgers. Steve Sachs. Um, <laughs> circa 1987. Is he, is um, he related? I don't he know. He might be. Like you yeah. said, as I was trying to tie the thread of the presidents into the story, I was like, if Adolf Sachs swallowed that needle and it punctured him and he killed him when he was eight years old, perhaps Bill Clinton would not have been president. Yeah. Well, at a minimum, the Animaniacs would have a like one less line from their theme song. Yeah. Bill Clinton plays the sax. Yeah. And, uh, what do you think Bill Clinton would have played if the sax Maybe wasn't the harmonica? I feel like he does seem like man, I bet you he loves John I, Hopper. Uh-huh. Oh god. I bet he plays a mean harmonica. Also. I bet he does. I bet he does. I bet you're right. I yeah. bet you him and John Hopper have hung out. Is it John Hopper or John Popper? Whatever. Hopper. You knew Popper. who I meant. <laughs> yeah. I did know who you meant. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's a good yeah. point. I was at a Foo Fighter show once and the next day. Blues Traveler had a concert at a different venue in Indianapolis. Yeah. And John, John Hopper, Pop yeah. Hopper, Popper. came out on stage. It was right after Dave Grohl broke his foot. Oh, yeah. And so he was yeah. played the whole show on a throne of guitars. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. awesome. Never moved. John Popper came out, and they did, like, a battle. That's where, like, sick. he would play the harmonica, and then Dave Grohl would do a stinking, oh, right, like, solo. guitar solo. Yeah. And then... Harmonica solo and then good. It was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. That's cool. One of my favorite Blues Traveler songs, in my opinion, and their best is The Hook. Oh, yeah. Because it's a song. Like that you say, like you preface that as though you may talk about one of the non, or one of the songs that isn't the two songs. There's only two songs people know from Blues Traveler. That's a good point. That's a good point. And you were like, one of my favorite songs is one of those. You may not have heard of it before. Isn't that song directly like making fun of its listeners? It's. Kind of. It's it's like a jab at pop music songwriting and music theory. Right. And he's it's it's beyond tongue in cheek. He knows exactly what he's doing. And the irony, or depending upon how you look at it, the success of it is that it, it just blew up. Yeah. Where he's like, This is formulaic, this is how it works. I'm gonna sing a super catchy song about songwriting methods. Because like the part where he starts scatting or whatever. I'm gonna write all the ditties. It's like Sellout by Real Big Fish, a ska band. With me, oh we're yeah, not no, no. <laughs> we're not singing ska on this podcast. But it's a, it's like Sarah Bareilles's uh, "I'm Not Gonna Write You a Love yeah, Song." That yeah. was the song because the record company kept being yeah. like, "You need to write a song. You need to write a song." And yeah. so she wrote that song yep. in response to, and it became a giant love yep. song hit. And now yeah. she can't stop singing it when she's not on Broadway in Waitress, which is dude, she's awesome, dude. Sarah Bareilles, she is got a Sarah Bareilles story too. Do you? 
That's yeah. cool. Yeah. That, there was a show that Jenny and I really liked on. Actually, you've probably seen it because it was the show where they were trying to find the next acapella band. Actually, isn't was that it? where What's Its Name came from? Was it Glee? the Sing Off? Yeah, the Sing Off. Yeah. And Pentatonix. She, Pentatonix mm-hmm. came out of that, she right? She was a judge. Yeah. yeah. Jenny and I loved that show. Yeah. Because she was a judge. Sean from Boys to Men was a judge. Yeah. And yeah. Ben. Folds. Ben folds. Uh-huh. Yeah. It was yeah. a super, and it only lasted like one Sean season. Stockman. Uh, I think it was like three, yeah, because the first group that won was like a Latin acapella group that went really nowhere. Second one was, I think, Pentatonix, and then a group called Home Free, which is still out there. They're more country. Oh, yes, they are. But I remember Pentatonix. They're the very name. similar because they have the bass guy. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 Like because every Gatlin's, yeah, Oak Ridge yeah. boys, yeah. they yeah. all have the. Really? And then everybody, yeah, everybody's like. Adolf Sachs dies age 79. He's buried in Paris. Another thing that he tried to invent, this was two really kind of wacky inventions beyond the saxophone. He designed the Sousaphone? No, that was John Philip Sousa. America. <laughs> I love that you know that just off yeah. the top of your head. That's yeah. why it's called the Sousaphone. Okay, oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. John Philip Sousa wrote, I believe, Hail to the Chief. Really? Uh-huh. Okay. I believe. He was a big marching band That's guy. Because so. he's the chief and he needs hailing. Hail to the chief. He is the chief and he needs hailing. Yeah. S-O-U-S-A. John Philip Sousa. A great American composer. Anyway, he's buried in Paris. He tried to design a device that... A Belgian buried in Paris. That, that sounds like a novel. Yeah, it does. Yeah, like no, it absolutely does. A Woody like, Allen movie. With um, a woman uh, like facing away on the cover, yeah. like, looking at something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, de- he designed a device that could launch a 500-ton, 11-yard-wide mortar bullet. Oh, this took a real right-hand turn. 11 yards long. Isn't that just artillery at that point? 11 and 500 yards. tons. And 11 so he designed ride. like a big ass cannon. Mm-hmm. A also, mortar. I don't know if I'd call that a mortar. You know, a you mortar, know. you drop in, and then it, as soon as it hits the ground, you know what he called it? Out. No. Russ, you want to take a guess? Does it start with sax? It sure does. <laughs> mortar. Okay. Sax grenade. I, I'm not even sax grenade. The saxa cannon. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Yeah. <laughs> 11 yards. That's 33 feet uh-huh. long. Wide. Wide? Wide. How long was this? I don't know. That was the bullet? That Deep was the wide. That was the munition. The there munition was 33 feet 500 wide. 500 ton, 11 yard wide mortar bullet. That's absurd. That's crazy. He designed it. It didn't really get off the ground. So it's wider <laughs> than it is long. Yeah, literally. He also designed a organ, like a, a, a an instrument. The pancreas. That was intended to be built... <laughs> <laughs> on a hillside near Paris that could be capable of being heard clearly by anyone throughout the city when it was played. Shoot so he was mortars. like, that hill, oh, I want to make a giant... That reminds me of that Wikipedia article I just sent you guys. What's that? The longest uh, song ever. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's still happening. It's supposed to be like it's crazy. 25 years long. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, it is pretty cool. Gavin DeGraw story or Cerebrella story or both? Which one do you want first? Uh, do you have one with both of them in it? No. Oh. Then uh, neither. The only <laughs> then neither. All right. Well, that wraps it up. Thanks for listening. They are both songs that I worked on with them for the final Straight No Chaser album that I was a part of in 2012. So they have performances and songs that are on the same album. That's the Wait, only thing that ties all of us so in. You're on a track with both of them. Yeah. Not at the same. No. Time I'm though. sorry. I arranged a Gavin DeGraw song. He is not on it. Sarah Bareilles, his song is on the album. I got to meet him okay, through so that. Okay, so Straight No Chaser did a Gra- Gavin DeGraw song that Correct. you arranged. I got it. Okay. Literally the first time I heard his song, it's called Soldier. The first time I heard it, I was like, this song's awesome. What's I have it about? to arrange it. Uh, loyalty. 
at the end okay. of the day. Loyalty and it's one of the seven on revalues. Being alongside <laughs> your person in the midst of a literal or figurative battle. Oh, it's a love song. It is not. It's more a song of fidelity and loyalty. Okay, uh, it's good. Which I would like put in the love bucket. But yeah, yeah sure. Right. Um, <laughs> the love bucket. <laughs> I got to meet that guy. It was really cool in New York. Anytime we were there, we would stay at this place called the Empire Hotel on the Upper West Side. And I'm hanging out in the bar and I look over and I'm like, huh, this is after I've already arranged. We've already recorded the song. He has already sent our managers knew each other and he has already sent a video back to us. And he was like, hey, guys, love your version of my song, Soldier. Thank you so much for doing it. it blew me away when I heard it. So cool that you guys did it. Just, you know, just With no instruments. Yeah. It's yeah. wild. It's cool. Wow. Thanks. It's like, I but, he was instruments. Like, but he was like, thanks a lot. It really meant a lot to me. I really enjoyed it. And I was like, well, that was cool. That's never happened. I'm sitting at the bar and I look over and I'm like, that's Gavin McGraw. Huh. Okay. Just let him be. Oh, so he didn't know you were there. He didn't know I was oh, there. That's cool. I didn't know he was that's, gonna be there. Yeah, yeah, but sure. I look over and I'm like, Gavin McGraw. Looks like he's just like waiting for his room kind of sure. you yeah. know, body language. And I was like, ah, just let him be, you know, don't be that guy. But then yeah. I was like But you're not that guy if you're yeah. working on something with but him. But I go, when else am I gonna get this this yeah, opportunity? Never. So I go up to him and I'm like, hey man. My name's Ryan. We've never met, but I worked on your song, Soldier. He goes, straight no chaser. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, dude, w- thank you. And I was like, this is crazy. He's like, what What are you doing in New York? We talked about that. He's, he's, like, he's well, like, I'm a famous musician. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, well, he goes, well, what are you guys doing later? We should hang out. I was like, okay. And I'm like, I don't know. We're going to go get some dinner and then probably come back and end up Meet here the Muppets. Do the bar. <laughs> Wasn't that when you met the Muppets when you were in New York? That's a whole other story. Okay. What? That's okay. a whole other story. We're doing uh, the next episode. So he's like, hey, uh, let me give you my number. Polly Darton. To this day, I still have Gavin DeGraw's number in my phone. I've call used it, I've right used it three times. I'll yeah. call him up. No, right um, now. Never put, him on my, put him on yeah, the air. He'd love it. <laughs> right? Yeah. That'd be awesome. He's never been on a podcast. Come on. He's got really. <laughs> he's never. It's novel. That's, that's never an absurd really statement. <laughs> There's zero chance Gavin DeGraw's uh, never been on a podcast. Uh, Most people at this point in the world have been on a podcast. Yeah. There's too many of them. Correct. We did not hang out later that night, but I did text him and be like, hey, man, I'm coming back to the bar. And he's like, oh, man. Or, yeah, I'm yeah. famous. Oh, yeah, so famous. I, I, I had two songs uh, 14 years ago. So Sarah Bareilles, a couple things I remember about her. Swears like a sailor. Hell yeah. Super talented. Got a cool nose ring. One of the guys, like, oh. basically walked in, and immediately all of us were like, "She's cool. She's a real yeah. pine leaf. Yeah, she's she a real pine punched leaf." The biggest person right in the mouth. She, <laughs> yeah, she walked in and punched, <laughs> punched her bass singer. That's our producer. <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, she sang, uh, "I want you back, Jackson Five. And uh, oh, that's cool. I that's bet that one. sounded awesome. Absolutely, she's so good. Rushed it. Yeah, and she anyway. does seem super freaking cool. I'm yeah, glad we, that you've like. Uh, validated that. Well, for she me. sang in like all the musicals and theater and choir, and I think she might have been in an acapella group in college. So, like, she was like Nexium. <laughs> what Nexium. Nexium? That was the acapella group. Yeah, they had that. Yeah, yeah, cult. She just the the level of like she's a nerd just like us was like she's really I, that's cool. super. Good. I'm glad that va- that's yeah. validated because it's always disappointed when your heroes are you know Danny Masterson. Um, yeah, so, that was a big hit. Yeah, yeah. so it's she was great really cool. when you have a, an image of a celebrity in yep. your head, and then you learn that it's true. Well, what was cool is like she could crack jokes back and forth with us, which is within the group. It's like yeah, currency. Yeah. It's like social currency. Like it's how we express love. But she was super humble. Where like some of the guys would like, "Hey, could you try it this way?" She's like, "Yeah, whatever you guys need." Like oh, she came cool. in like ready to serve, yeah, yeah, as opposed to like, "All right, I just need to sign do this. a true leader, yeah, and uh, check out and get my check and leave." 
Like she was actually down to hang out. Yeah. Now, granted, cool. she didn't stay longer than she needed to, but sure. she was like, she knows her like time was, value. Yeah. And, she yeah. was like, "Do you guys have everything you need? Like, do you want me to try anything again and whatever?" And it's it's the lead off track on the album. Anyway, do you can, do you think Reed's are like the bane of a woodwind players? <laughs> We're going like people life. named Reed. No, the the reeds, right? Mm-hmm. Like they have to. Put oh, these dude, I had a on. whole conversation. Yeah, you kind of like have to get it right, and like you have to get it right. It yeah. can't like, mm-hmm. and they break, and you yeah. have to constantly switch them out. I imagine they're super expensive. I had a whole well, conversation about reeds with that uh, dude. I was telling you guys about. Yeah, uh, he's funny. on the National Guard Marathon team with me, but he's like yeah. a big music nerd. Uh-huh. And apparently, his wife makes reeds, oh. and it's like it's very specific. And yes. so, like people will ask for very specific specifications uh-huh. on these reeds. Yep, a reedier, and they're you know obviously not large; they're teeny Correct. tiny. Yeah, and so the, I would have imagined that the the changes in them have to be minute. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Well, and you've got a range of saxophones too. I mean, you mentioned Kenny G, but you've got soprano, which is the smaller and the highest pitch. Alto, alto. which would be the next one down, a little bit lower pitch. Tenor. Baritone. I don't know if there's a bass saxophone. I want to say there might be, there and it's like just be. huge. It's like wow. Like there's a. Have you seen that video of Jack Black with the electric oh, one? Dude, on Jimmy so Fallon? Great. dude, he's so he, yeah, he's he's the best. Yeah. Well, there you go. Adolf Sax. Without him, we wouldn't have Bill Clinton as president. I wow. think it's safe to say. All right. There's okay. a lot of people with Dunning Kruger syndrome that would be really mad that he existed. <laughs> And tied in with Russ, we got to say something. We already about did. Pine leaf. Oh yeah, that's right. is She's pine a real pine leaf. Yeah. 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 So okay. Well, hey everybody, thanks for listening to episode five. In two weeks, you'll hear episode six, and it'll be amazing. Yeah, and if you want it early and ad free, become a patron. We'll put that in the show notes. But it's Patreon.com/slash Presequential. See you guys in a bit. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>